crazy, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. Thank you, Jesus. Fresh glory head to toes from the seven piercings of Jesus Christ in us. His blood removes confusion. His blood removes curses and witchcraft. His blood removes religion. His blood removes perversion. Heaven is in your blood, Lord Jesus. Let your spear in our side, the body of Christ, Release the fullness of the blood and water through the whole world. change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you have this anchor for your soul, the Word of God. Where does the Word of God get written, you guys? On the heart? What needs to be anchored? Our minds. What has captured your mind? You understand? Prisons, dungeons, and capturing systems of demons. A demon is a lying spirit. A demon is a word that captures the mind. What is the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great? It's all the fallen angels capturing all the nation's minds. Under a principality, you have millions of demons. <laughs> Under the seven-headed beast of the horror of Babylon revelation, you'll have all the demons, the king of the demons. Bezel, boo. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> you want to know something funny? Satan may think he's the king of the demons, but there's a king of kings. Who holds the keys of death and hell? Jesus Christ, Revelation 118. Whoever owns the keys runs the vehicle. If you own the keys of a car, if you own a car, then you keep those keys. And you can use those keys to drive that vehicle. Is it not the same with owning a house? Revelation 118. Jesus Christ holds the keys of death and the keys of hell. The keys of the houses of Sodom and Egypt. He was crucified there, meaning he got the keys of the entire underworld, which is the hearts of the nations. Now, the rarest thing since Jesus Christ did that for us is anyone actually using them by going into their own hearts through his seven piercings, Proverbs 9.1, wisdom building her pillars. What do we do? Religious activity, practicing externalism, doo-doo voodoo, looking good in front of others, all this stuff that looks like Christianity, it's just charismatic fluff. If it's not Christ crucified in the heart, not one drop of it is God. Remember the sons of Aaron who presented strange fire, their own ideas, their own opinions, their own interpretation of the scriptures. No prophecy of scripture is for individual interpretation especially amongst infant prophets, infant apostles, and infant brand new converts. Timothy says, 
None of them shall ever be leaders, lest they become puffed up as the devil. My God. Jesus wouldn't let leaders be leaders until they'd spent three years in perfect apostolic training. And we think we were a leader in that old system, and now I'm a leader in Christ. What happened when the Pharisees got converted? They were called to serve tables because they were disqualified from leadership, the book of Acts says. You were a, you were a leader in the old system? There's a 0% chance for years you'll be a leader in the new, in the new system. You were a leader in the old covenant? Oh, so you're an antichrist. You bring all that antichrist religious activity into the new covenant, you think you're going to be... Remember, Paul took 14 plus 3 years in Arabia to get sanctified out of all the old covenant. The new covenant had already been finished for a while. He had just killed Stephen with a glowing face. Remember that? The book of Acts? He's a murderer. He's got all that blood in him from murder. <laughs> he's not just an Abel. He's a full-blown Cain. He had murdered his brother who had represented God the Father and the Lamb perfectly with a glowing angelic face. And they all laid their prayer garments at the feet of a man named Saul. Wow. So you come from being a leader in the old system, 100% of the time you're a Saul. It takes at least three years to even have a clue what the new covenant is. So people come out of new age, they come out of being total whitewashed tombs, Pharisees. You think because you're a leader in church, you're going to be a leader now in the armies of the living God? You are lucky to even be here to re be receiving training coming out of all the devilry that you practiced in your heart, says the Lord. It is an honor to be in boot camp. It's an honor to be discipled. Not something to be dishonored, not something to be taken lightly. It is the greatest calling in life is to be called into the boot camp of the armies of the living God. There was training. What does the Bible say? David slew the wolf. David slew the bear. David slew the lion. So that David slew Goliath. Training. It doesn't have to be traditional training. You don't have to go to Bible college. <laughs> you don't have to go through someone's ministry school. But you do need the training nevertheless. You have to be trained to be a leader. You have to kill the bear. You have to kill the wolf. You have to kill and cleanse the leopard's lair in the lion's den, Song of Solomon says. Catch me the little foxes, foxes that spoil the vineyard. The things that come against our intimacy in the heart. The places where you still hide, black but lovely. You're lovely, but you're black. Song of Solomon 1. We want to get you from black to fire. From 1 to 8, what transpires in Song of Solomon 1 is coming in day one born-again Christian. Black but lovely. You're full of the sins of the world. Jude, having saved them from the fire, but not having our garments stained by their flesh. Come on, somebody. <laughs> having pulled them out of the fires of lust and the fires of religious pride and the fires of the fallen angels, the fires of hell, the tongue is set on the fire of hell, the Bible says. Wow. Aaron's sons offered strange fire. Satan is an angel of fire whose light deceives. Come on. Yeah. What is that fire? One third of the stars that fell. Stars are sources of fire, and that's why everyone is deceived except Jesus. I said to my astonishment, all men are liars. Are you the only one that's right, Brandon? Jesus is the only one that's right, and he's proved me wrong every single day of my existence. The issue is, can you let him be your righteousness and repent of your self-righteousness? Pride always wants to be self-right, doesn't it? Because then you can one-up people, and you can look good in front of others, and whitewash tombs, and long flowing robes, and I'm a man of God, and look at my integrity, look at how I've given to the poor. Judas Iscariot, you could have not have been intimate and spent all that money on Jesus, $55,000, Mary of Bethany, we could have given that to the poor. The very voice of Satan giving to the poor. Satan didn't 
care about the poor. <laughs> he cared about what others thought of him. Hello? Hello? People pleasing. Respectability is a demon spirit. The anointing says, I shall become more undignified than this. I poured my ointment, my priceless nard on the head of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pour seven times more nard next year, you lying demon. Come on. <laughs> Until the religious demons no longer exist because of the costly ointment of our human spirit and our human blood and our human brain and our human bones poured on the head of Jesus in full servitude in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. <laughs> You know, that's what destroys the attacks and slander of the evil one, isn't it? You know the story. You've read the Bible hundreds of times. <laughs> After Mary of Bethany broke the alabaster box and poured the sacred nard from the Himalayas that was worth $55,000 on Jesus Christ of Nazareth's head, Judas Iscariot went insane and from that very moment ran to the Pharisees, what will you give me if I hand him over to you? See, what was his God? Money! Money was his God. Profits for profit. Give me your money. I'm the good guy. They're the bad guy. Oh, everyone's a bad guy. We don't play by the same rules as the idolaters and the lovers of money and the prophets for profit. These scoundrels, these Balaams for hire. Balaams for the highest bidder, aren't they? That's what they are, it's true. Jude talks about them. Balaam, son of Beor, who sold his prophetic gift to the highest bidder. That's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. But was rebuked by a donkey. What does that mean? creation is going to swallow you up. It's not even going to be God and his angels. It's going to be the beasts. The beasts will eat you. And that is a service of how creation recycles sin and blasphemy. Isn't it good? I love it. <laughs> Glory. Creation has a wonderful way of humbling us wonderful have you fallen in love with humility not the humility that you can press upon yourself but the humility that a person who's not you a person different than you a separate person the person called alongside to help you has imparted into you because he loves you humility only comes from the person the faceless man the paraclete of the Holy Spirit Humility is our greatest gift. Jesus Christ is our humility. If you want to make it in the coming days, all you need is humility. Now, humility is astonished by pride, isn't it? It's like surprise when Herod kills the babies. <laughs> so we need to grow in also wisdom. Humility is just one attribute, but it's the most important one. Because if you're humble... You're teachable. And if you ever lose your humility, you stop growing, you stop learning, and you're no longer teachable. And you say, I've had enough. I've got my doctorate in prophetics. I've got my doctorate in apostolic ministry. I've read the Bible 10,000 times. Well, I tell you what. The greatest experience of the depths is becoming like a little child. Not a big puffed up adult. Not saying you're something by a gift. Saying you're something by dying with him. I tell you the truth, you guys. There has never been a leader in the history of the world who's a leader in God's eyes unless they've been crucified with Christ. Unless they finished strong. Unless the cross grew in them all the way through their last dying breath. Come on. <laughs> All you gotta do to make it in this world is let the cross continue to grow in you. It's called the tree of life. Cursed is anyone who 
is hung on a tree. It is written in Levitical code. <laughs> well, Jesus became a curse for us. Don't you know his death inside your heart, inside your skull, inside your eyes, inside your forehead, and inside your bones, his death strips the curses of all our lust and all our pride. And you have to die daily. Why? Because there's so much lust and pride in the world. What's in the world? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. All that is in the world. So you're telling me there's nothing good in the world. What is deception? Deception is believing that there's anything good in the world or that there's anything good in human beings. It's called loving the lie. Revelation says those outside the city gates are dogs, sorcerers, the practitioners of magic arts, and those who love the lie. What's the lie? That there's good in the world. People say there's good in the world. You know what they're talking about, right? The scraps off the sons of God and the daughters of Zion's tables. What is goodness? This is glory. And it rains from the sky because there are men and women all over the planet that are raised from the dead, not, not on the earth, in the heavens. Moral and spiritual resurrection, Philippians 3, 9 through 11. And you obtain it while you're in the body. Because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who created the heavens and the earth with a whisper so that the omnipresence of God the Creator is shared with anyone who grows in the seven piercings of his death. You have seven interior castles. The soul is seven interior mansions for the seven spirits of God, the seven blazing torches of the Lion of the tribe of Judah have triumphed in opening the scroll. What is the scroll? The dead letter of the Old Covenant. Into the living rhema. So you're an ever-living being. Genesis 2, God breathed into Adam's nostrils and he became a living soul. So the breath of life that's available by the seven spirits of God, God's sevenfold Holy Spirit, is breathed into our nostrils. But why doesn't it cause people to have eternal life? Because their heart is not alive by the seven piercings. You can't just have the breath of life. People mock the breath of life while we toke the ghost and enjoy the breath of life for a decade. They have no faith. They don't know the Holy Ghost. The Ruach HaKadosh means the breath of life. It's the Holy Spirit. He's to be enjoyed. He's the very glory cloud of heaven. It's the glory cloud and the breath of the blood of the seven piercings. So you have to value the blood and the blood that speaks a better word, the word of the blood, which is the wisdom of the ages. Seven ages, seven pillars. Seven spirits of God. Wow. Did each spirit die in Christ? Think about it. How do you get the Holy Ghost? How do you get the anointing? Only through the death of Jesus. Everywhere he spilt his blood is your promised land. Behold the house of wine. So when he transports you out of the dry place, out of the whore of Babylon who's drunk on the blood of the saints, why? What is a saint? Someone who's filled with the blood of Jesus. Here's the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, drink it, all of you. So the world is drunk on the saints. Why? Because they have the divine blood. Divine blood's the only way to advance civilization. Problem is, is the Christians don't have enough revelation to understand the value of what they carry even though it's the most valuable substance in the universe, but the devils know how valuable it is. The devils have no ability to create unless the sons and daughters of God forfeit the words and the power and the light and the energy that's in the divine blood that you got by drinking the cup of the new covenant. If you don't understand what you got, you'll give it to your enemies. Look at the Old Testament. They would constantly come into contract and covenant with the enemies because they didn't understand what they had. We still don't understand what we have. It'll probably take thousands of years, but at least we can no longer give them our blood. But it's love to give them blood. Get your own blood. Drink your own cup. Get your own cup. It's the cup of the new covenant. There's enough cups for everyone. You don't need to be a vampire sucking everyone else's blood. The reason why it's wickedness and they must be cut off like the foolish virgins shut outside 
the bridegroom's chambers is because they haven't circumcised their own hearts. And the ones who have, they're drunk on their blood. They're stealing their life energy. They're stealing their joy. They're stealing their finances. Satan comes only to kill, steal, and destroy because he has no life in him unless the life of Jesus is in your heart through the circumcision of the sword of the Spirit by the Word of God piercing your heart constantly and continuously. There is no life in you. And once the circumcision and the piercings of the Word of God by the sword of the Spirit are through your heart, guess what? You have become the best wine that the Father drinks in the last generation. You'll say, well, it's for the nations to drink. Liars. It's for the Father. We are not people pleasers. Ministry is not for people. What? Come here. I need ministry. I need prayer. No, you don't. You need to learn how to serve God and stop serving yourself. You're still an immature baby in Christ. Babies, infants in Christ are still selfish. Me, 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 I, 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 iritis. It's, it's the curse of the fall, Down syndrome. They have iritis that help me. It's about me still. No, not, nothing in this world's about you. It's all about God. Sorry, crucify your egos. Push the crown of thorns deeper in the acacia spears and spikes through your skulls. If your head's not crucified with Christ, you'll never walk with him one day in your life. You think you will, but after you die, you realize, man, that was just a demon pretending to be Jesus. There's 200 million demons down here pretending to be Jesus. You have to look for the piercings, not just in the hands, but the feet and the side and the back and the head too. Amen. And the internal bruising. Isaiah 53, verse 5. He suffered internal bruising. <laughs> internal bleeding. You want to get into that internal bleeding. There was another realm in Gethsemane where the pressure of God the Father was so strong that blood started to come out of his eyebrow. The Bible says that he sweat blood. That is the reverse of the curse of all the ground being tilled, not by your effort, but by the Father's effort through Jesus Christ. Now we do wine works. We don't work by the sweat of our brow. We work by the wine of his brow, Christ in you, right? The hope of realizing the wine glory. <laughs> if you are still working in your own effort, you're still a slave to sin. If you are now working in his effort, you have entered eternal Sabbath day's rest, but behold, the works I have prepared for you. So how do you do works and enter rest? This is why the infants get so confused all the time, because they don't know Christ in them who's been crucified to death. When the wine becomes your works, your works become the most excellent, highest grade works in the world. Like Moses' artisans who'd create the most beautiful sculptures and things that artisans still can't even create today on Etsy. They have no idea how they created many of those objects in the ark and in the tent of meeting. It's the skill level does not exist in the nation still to duplicate what those men made by hand, with hand tools, thousands of years ago. Why? Jesus Christ was there. The angels were there doing the works. When the wine of the kingdom of heaven of our crucified Lord does the works, you'll be the best in every sector in society, says the Lord. The reason why we're not the best in every sector yet is because there's still a mixture of us and Him because the cross is not big enough in our hearts. We must decrease, He must increase. And when we increase, Jenny's and Jambres decrease. Do you understand that? We must decrease. So the cross gets bigger, crucified with Christ. The wine comes out, the seven pillars of wine. Wisdom has mixed her wine. Wisdom has prepared her feast. Wisdom has killed her beast, crucified with Christ. Your flesh and blood, crucified. The beast is killed. Mark on the head, mark on the hand, crucified with Christ. I want to see the nails in your hands. Paul says, I bear in my body the marks or the crucifixion marks and the piercings of Christ. And he says, I want you all to be like me, except without these chains. Freedom in the piercings of Jesus Christ. Come on. <laughs>
total freedom. There's no freedom anywhere else. Your exact measure of freedom in the glory is the exact measure of the marks of his piercings in your flesh and blood. There's not freedom anywhere else. So we have to go into death to find freedom. Isn't that what Jesus said? No one finds their life unless they lose it. <laughs> no one gains their life unless they forfeit it. You cannot overcome the devil unless you hate your life. No one likes Red Letter Ministries unless they hate their life. That's called no one overcomes the devil unless they hate, love not their lives unto death. Revelation 12, 11. You have to hate your life. And Jesus even said, hate your mother and father. They don't teach you that in Sunday school and your kids. It's in the Bible. <laughs> I guarantee you, they don't read that. If any Sunday school teacher read that directly from the red letters of Jesus Christ, you know the verse, Google it, come on. You must hate your mother and father to be my disciple. What does it mean? Despise their blood, their bloodlines. All they handed you was garbage, junk. Despise your genealogy so you can be engrafted into the tree of life. His bloodlines, his genealogy. Few Christians have ever done it. Family idolatry is worse now than it was in Israel's day when no one could be his disciple. And they're like, but I left family to follow you. I left business to follow you. I left my children and my wife at home to follow you. And then Jesus is like, what do you freaking do, man? Seriously. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, it's in the Bible. Want to be biblical Christians today? You challenge people with being actual disciples today in the USA, they'll persecute you, majorly. Just like they have us for 15 years. Because they're not disciples. They don't obey the word. They're scripture twisters. They have no wine, which means they have no piercings and no marks in their flesh. They're not crucified. They're doers of their own thing. They know Jesus is real because they've had encounters and they have callings on their life, but they've rejected him to serve the world instead of the cross. Beware of any false brother or false sister who is not crucified with him. Anyone who says they're a Christian but does not have a cross is a false brother and a false sister. You can still love them, but you can't have fellowship with them. What does light have to do with darkness, Apostle Paul says? A believer cannot have fellowship with an unbeliever. It is written. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? You need to understand it better. Unless a heart is circumcised, you cannot even enter the kingdom of heaven inside another person's heart. We're trying to go into the kingdom of heaven in the brain. Even these fake mystics are selling books on Amazon about the mystic realm in the brain. It's like, man, they go church hopping all around. They got signs and wonders. They sound real fancy. And everything they've ever said is wrong. It's not true. You don't go in through the brain, you go in through the heart. Out of the heart the mouth speaks. The overthrow of the heart is the renewing of the mind. These people are as fake as fake gets. I am so excited for real Christianity to take over the USA, because it's gonna be shocking. Because you've never seen it, you've never known it. <laughs> you think you see, but you're blind. You think you're rich, but you're poor. You think you're clothed, but you're naked. Isn't that what Jesus said? That is ipso facto perfect evidence of what the American church actually is. And people say, oh, you're beating up the bride. I'm discipling the bride. God scourges and chastises those he loves, Hebrews 13. Problem is, is you don't have that level of discipleship, so you persecute and resist the Holy Spirit, training you in a deeper level of commitment because you don't have that size of a cross. My cross is huge and challenges your puny cross. That's why they get offended. That's why they attack discipleship. Because everything that's not the cross in your heart is Satan. You understand that? Satan was defeated at the cross, meaning only the size of the tree of life that's grown up in your heart, out of your belly, flows rivers of the tree of life. And the cross and the wood of that cross, the wood that never decays, Song of Solomon says it's called the wood that never decays. It's what builds the marriage carriage the very chariot of the king of Israel that carries him and his bride through the heavens and through the earth and under the earth and all the ancient paths of the heavens and the stars and the skies and the waters and the earth and the clouds and even under the earth in the fountains of the great deep. Genesis 7:11. All this world was created for man and woman to walk with God and enjoy him in. 
The fallen angels stole it, and the fallen angels have used it for their enjoyment for 6,000 years. And that's exactly the truth. Now we're going to take back what he stole from us. And here's how you do it. Revelation, Luke 15. You got the younger prodigal, rebellion, all of you. You got the older prodigal, religion, all of you. That's Janice and Jambres, white and black sorcery, good and evil, rebellion and religion, both of them equally demonic. That's the whole fallen angel kingdom right there. And they're both outside the father's house. Luke 15, the prodigal sons, plural. What did they both have to do? They had to kill the calf, they had to kill the goat, and begin feasting. What is the feast? Revelation. Revelate until you levitate. Come on. Amen. Then you'll manifest it as sons of God. You keep revelating. Moses did, didn't he? 40 years, and then another 40 years. <laughs> His first 40 was in sorcery in Pharaoh's house. So the Bible says he grew up with the necromancers. He grew up with Jannies and Jambres. He was their contemporary. What a time to be alive. Wow. Then the other 40 years was to show, show him, listen, killing people that are bad, that's just Cain activity. Let me show you how it's done. 40 years set apart, discipled by Jesus Christ face to face in the wilderness before he sent back into Egypt to be a real apostle, a deliverer of his people. Went back and he showed them righteousness. They had no grid for righteousness. <laughs> Janice and Jarvis come out and go, we remember you, Moses. Let's see what you got. Moses was their pupil, guys. Moses grew up under the sorcerers of Egypt. He knew necromancy. He knew all the ways of wickedness. He knew the underworld. He knew the demons, the devils. He had seen their power. He had grown up in it his whole life. I doubt Moses has anything on us. Boy, were they surprised. Moses and his serpent devoured Janes and Jambres and their serpents. What does it take, though? Face-to-face -face discipleship for 40 years. And it doesn't have to be 40 years. It's however long it takes for you to have all your sorceries of good and evil of Janes and Jambres burnt out of your hearts, crucified out of your brains, and burnt out of your bones. The Word of God is fire in your sorcery-filled bones. Each one of your bones will break and you dump all that sand of witchcraft out back into the witch of the sea. Jezebel can take what belongs to her. We don't want it. Loose in Jesus' name. And then the angels under Archangel Raphael, they'll put all your bones back together like Humpty Dumpty and make you brand new all over again. Behold, I make all things new. You'll have new bones. Inside your bones, Hebrews 4.12, will be God's marrow. The marrow of Christ's bones. Bone and marrow, the Word of God. Soul and spirit, by the Word of God. Judgment, by the Word of God. In the thoughts and intentions of your heart, by the Word of God. Until there is not one drop of Egypt or Sodom found in you of good and evil. Only Jesus and Him crucified to death. Moses experienced the full death of Jesus on Sinai. Remember, the Bible says he had no food and no water for 40 days. If that ain't being crucified with Christ, nothing is. <laughs> you try that, 100% of you are dead. Most of you die after two weeks in the water. Moses, instead of dying because he was with God in obedience to God, and was following God, the person of God, the faceless man was right there with him the whole time in an intimate relationship, the man of God that knew God face to face. And there has never been a man like Moses who walked in such incredible signs and wonders. I tell you what, this is a Moses generation of Moses apostles. Old Testament, Brandon. It's not what the Bible says. Revelation 15, the overcomers are playing their harps and singing the song of Moses. Revelation 15, last book in the Bible. Wow. Written a hundred years after the Gospels. And they're singing the song of Moses. Interesting. And they're playing the harps of Moses. And Moses and the Lamb are on the top of Mount Zion. No longer on Mount Sinai, are we? We walked over the sapphire stones, which is the feasting of revelations, in from Sinai, the natural man who practices the natural laws of good and evil, 
paganism, it's all witchcraft, and you went right over through Revelation's sapphire pavement to practicing Mount Zion righteousness by grace. Revelation to Revelation, each one is a sapphire stone paved in front of you. It's called walking on water. Since you're born again, you're meant to walk on water every single step after that. And you have the ability of Christ in you to do it. Problem is, is your faith faints and you start to sink and the storms are so real. Coronavirus is so real. The economy is so real. The devil is so real. No, he's not. Devil is not so real. Jesus is so real. You have so little faith. <laughs> we need to grow our faith. The fivefold only remain until our faith is perfected. What does that mean? The sapphire pavement is perfected for everyone in the world to cross over into Zion, out of Sinai, out of the curse of the law, into the blessing of Jesus Christ, the grace of the Lord Jesus to live in the fullness of the mountain of the Lord, to live in the fullness of Calvary, in the blood of Jesus, in the house of wine, to have every curse removed from our hearts, minds, souls, and flesh, and to have all the Father's goodness pass out of us like seven mighty rivers to water the garden. In Christ is the full reverse of the curse. What it takes is a feast of revelation continuously prophetic revelation sapphire pavement and you step out and you walk further and each day God gives you daily bread what do you do with that bread you eat it and once it's inside you your inner man walks with his inner man who's the inner man of God the Holy Spirit I will send you the Holy Spirit and he will lead you into all truth so your inner man begins to walk with the father's inner man you're never alone you always have God's inner man with you. Problem is, if you're not living out of your inner man by revelation, where's God? I can't find him. I'm totally bewitched, having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the flesh, and I can't find him. He's out here. I'll conference hop. I'll church hop. I'll go to Bible college. I'll travel the world. I'll do missions. I'll do all the external idolatry of religion, just like the woman does in Song of Solomon and gets beat up by the night watchman. Where is my beloved? I can't find him. Where has he gone? someone please tell me and then oh hey there he is right in me Christ in me the hope of realizing the glory he had never left me he had never forsaken me I left him I forsook him and got into external religion didn't you yeah so we repentance is not changing of the outside it's changing of the inside rend your hearts not your garments come on thank you Jesus ha 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 Man, people getting fed tonight. I love you, Lord. I'm getting fed. It's my favorite part of preaching. It's like the best drug dealing. You're getting high in your own stash. <laughs> you know, like it says in Acts, Oh, King Agrippa, I have preached myself happy. <laughs> you know, Paul probably knew he'd harden his heart faint chance that this old rich king was ever going to give his heart to Jesus. But if I have this opportunity to take the stage, I'm going to preach myself drunk out of my mind on the blood of Jesus. It's how these pagans react. That's on their own heads. I'm getting whacked up in the glory tonight. Hallelujah. See? Is it a one-man party? It's a one-man party. John 17, that they may be one even as we are one. One new man, the body of Christ. Now people come in and out of the body because they go in and out of the 12 pearl gates. They go in and out of the Father's house because they stop feasting by killing their goats and their calves, which means they get deceived again into more Janus and Jambre sorcery, which is knowledge of good and evil. And they get stuck in their brain. They fall into pits, blind and they blind. They lead each other into pits. Scripture says all these things. And so we learn how to stop falling into pits by the blindness of the knowledge of good and evil. You understand repentance unto life is learning how to stop eating the knowledge of good and evil. Stop it. I don't know how. Yes, you do. We tell you every single day, feast on revelations. If it's not prophetic revelation, it's not food for your spirit. It's the knowledge that Eve ate and died. Stop dying. We're like animals that are eating poison and we're addicted to poison. It's true. What's the beast? 
Animals addicted to deadly poison. People are addicted to the serpent's lives. They're addicted to poison. The serpent said if you eat from that tree, you won't die. Your eyes will be open. Your eyes are open to what? The light of the fallen angels. Beware that the light in you is not actually darkness, Jesus Christ said. How can fallen angels have light? Satan comes as an angel of light to deceive. What kind of light is that? It's natural light of the dragon's tail who swept one-third of the stars. It's the perversion of creation under the fallen angels. Remember in Genesis 1, there was a separation between light and darkness. Uh, light to govern the day, darkness to govern the night. Moon to govern the night, sun to govern the day. Hallelujah. God will redeem them both and remove the fallen angels. The sun and the moon endure forever, Psalm says. I believe it. And the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. I believe that too. I don't believe one element, molecule, or atom in this universe, in any dimension, belongs to Satan and his angels. Do you? See, if you do, that's the forfeit of your inheritance, the universe. Scripture says in Colossians that you are the co-heirs of Christ who is the ruler and owner of the universe. So people ask you who you are. You're the co-owner of the universe, according to Colossians. What do you do for a living? I'm the co-owner of this universe. Well, that's very prideful. No, that's very biblical. We say it in humility because to agree with the truth is humility. Not false humility that's like puts myself down in front of others and builds up my ego. Look at how humble I am. No, the truth of the word of God burning through your hearts of the person different than you. Not you, Christ in you. This isn't about me. This isn't I. This is Christ in you, Christ in I. And he completely takes over me and I until there's no difference between him and me through my heart, through my brain, through my eyes, we start to flash and fire. Of these ones, he calls his brothers and sisters. None of the other ones are his brothers and sisters until Christ be fully formed in you. To be a brother and sister of Christ means you have the same bloodline. That's my sister. That's my brother. I mean, sometimes it's true. If they have the same blood of Jesus pumping through the four chambers of their heart and their veins and arteries, if the four rivers of the Garden of Eden are flowing through them, yes, they are a brother and sister of Jesus Christ. That's true royalty. Those are the sons and daughters of God. Those ones own the universe. The issue is we've still been so young, even as sons and daughters of God, that we haven't taken over society. We haven't taken over the Fortune 500 companies. We haven't taken over the governments. We haven't taken over the economies. We haven't taken over the education. We haven't taken over medicine. We've hardly taken over anything. We haven't hardly taken over our own minds. Barely even have our minds re renewed. We're basically still fighting the apostles <laughs> every single day instead of fighting demons. We're fighting the good guys instead of the bad guys because the bride is so bewitched. She's been so lied to by the sorceries of Jannies and Jambres her whole life that she calls good evil and evil good. Most Christians do that for months after they come into Red Letter Ministries. It's just continuous manure and puke and piss coming out of them constantly and never anything good. It takes years to get the world out of you. That's why no new believer should be in leadership, Timothy says. Because you have to be sanctified until you come into the glory. Otherwise, what are you going to lead them to? You're not going to lead them into the glory. You're going to lead them into witchcraft. Next thing, they're going to be mature by the works they can do out of their own imaginations. What is that? It's blasphemy. What is that? That's the sons of Aaron offering strange fire to God. You know what God the Father's response is. Lightnings. This is why Enoch prophesied that when the lightnings ascend, their form will be forever changed because you have to deal with the strange fire that deceives the infants in Christ. Most of you have been so deceived by infants in Christ your whole life, you've only supported demons. You've rarely ever in Christianity your entire life supported righteousness or actual maturity because you don't even know what it is until you've had a lot of experience in it and then you realize, this is the kingdom of heaven. 
what I come out of is the kingdom of hell. You are coming out of the great tribulation because you're coming out of the potent sorcery that deceived you religiously in your brains your whole lives. This is the very end of the great tribulation. <laughs> this is the very end of the maximum measure of being deceived a human soul can be deceived in. It's the climax of the ages, the maturity of the times. And so, how do you get undeceived? I'm so deceived, and I always do the thing I don't want to do, and I just struggle, and I have so much pride, and I can't even get rid of it. I don't. The cross! So simple. You don't need 40 years of counseling. You don't have to waste $150 an hour in counseling. Just apply Calvary and his seven piercings into your heart, and you'll be God. You'll be godly. You'll have the wisdom of the ages. You'll have, instead of counseling by some psychological demon, you'll have the spirit of counsel that created the heavens and the earth. Don't you want the spirit of counsel that created the angels? The spirit of counsel that created the trees, that created the sky, that created the stars, that created the moon and the waters? Yeah, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord shall be upon him. Isaiah 11, 2. The Holy Ghost. We don't know the Holy Ghost. Very little. This life is a test to see how good of a friend you'll become of the Spirit of Jesus, the name of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you only know Jesus to the measure you know His Spirit. Revelation 5, 6 says, The fullness of Jesus Christ has been here for 2,000 years. He never came and went. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You got bewitched. You came and went. You went into the Spirit, out of the Spirit. You served a million other spirits. We have all been the whore of Babylon. It's been rare that we've gone a day, actually, with the Spirit of Jesus. A whole 24-hour period. Most of the time, we'll have 10 other spirits and then Jesus too. If you're honest with yourself, that's how you live right now. Come to a place where the seven piercings of Christ only feed the Holy Ghost into your soul. Which means no horror Babylon activity, no prostitution to demons, no disloyalty, no unfaithfulness, no self-righteousness. That's the only place that's a sin-free zone. That's the only demon-free zone there's ever been. Satan defeated at the cross. The cross alone is the tree of life. The cross alone is the holy of holies. Every opinion, all your theology, all your doctrine, even all of your deceiving experiences will get burnt up by the cross. I don't want my experiences. I'm not interested in my testimony. I'm not interested in signs and wonders. I'm not interested in miracles and healings. I'm not interested in a big ministry. I'm not interested in the world. I'm interested in the Creator of heaven and earth. And His throne is the cross. I just want to be with Him. I don't care about anything else. The demons can continue to deceive everyone else. <laughs> and they will. Anyone that doesn't want to pick up their cross and follow Him will be filled with deception every day. As soon as you're offered the cross, which is the greatest mantle of sonship humility, that's when the temptations of the evil one come. They don't even want to give you anything, but they have to in order to pull you away from the cross. Because if you grow in the cross, you'll grow in true throne room glory. You'll grow in his bloodline, you'll grow in his power, you'll grow in his wisdom. The Father only raises sons and daughters through crosses. And the cross is not like, oh, it's so painful. Get that religious spirit out of you cross is ecstasy there's not one negative thing in jesus he's been totally glorified all that negativity you have toward passion week toward gethsemane toward calvary is all deception it's all darkness it's all demons in you demons are so horrified of you getting these revelations of the seven pillars of wisdom they'll do anything to lie to you if you enter into these realms the new jerusalem will be built around you like an impenetrable fortress. You will live within the walls of the New Jerusalem. What's the New Jerusalem? Living within His blood. What made it new? His blood. What was the Old Jerusalem? No blood. The blood had not been shed. The Old Covenant. Old Jerusalem's fading away. New Jerusalem is appearing.
by drinkers of his blood living in the vineyards <laughs> and his blood is the only love this earth has ever drunk creation responds to it humans often manifest pride against it they'll murder it they'll attack it because they're good in their own eyes they're full of the fallen angels fallen angels need host bodies otherwise they have no kingdom hell has only existed inside human flesh since the beginning don't be deceived like it's somewhere out there it's only inside your neighbors love your neighbor as yourself and you'll drive the hell out of them why do you have to disciple people because every heart is completely filled with wickedness beyond the mind's comprehension it's true wickedness your spouse your kids your neighbor, your uncle, your aunt, your grandpa, there does not exist a single good person down here. The human heart is wicked beyond human comprehension, Jeremiah says. And it's true. It's been my experience as a priest working in hearts and blood for 15 years. I've never found a single good thing inside any human being. I have found Jesus in there by grace. And I found people that are willing to let Jesus take territory and soil in their heart by agreeing with his word that's uncomfortable to the lies they currently believe. And so Jesus increases as you decrease when you recognize you are sick and need a doctor. And if you can stay that desperate, if you can stay that sick and constantly in need of the doctor, the doctor himself will be formed in you and you will know the fullness of his grace in the seven pillars of wisdom. That's when you become a holy terror to hell. That's when you become a minister of the gospel and are released in apostolic power and will begin to shake cities and shake nations. Amen. These pillars will lift you up above the moon to be clothed in the sun to wear the crown of Israel, which is controlling the times. Restore the times the canker worm has eaten. What's the canker worm? the unrenewed mind it's the brain that hasn't been metamorphosized Romans 12 2 transfigured by the renewing of your mind by metamorphosis which means rapture you're renewed by rapture until you're raptured seven times a day amen not just seven 70 times 77 in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I pray you guys start to live lifestyles of rapture and all these religious demons lying to you, be devoured by the lion of the tribe of Judah through all your hearts, that you would see Satan and his angels through the carnal, unrenewed mind, which is the seat and the throne of the devil that uncircumcised hearts carry around the world. Anyone who's not circumcised in heart is not a Christian. Romans chapter 2, it is written. And when you're circumcised of heart, your heart and your blood will speak a better word. You'll begin to speak in wisdom and you'll begin to mix your wine with his wine, the cup of the new covenant, and you'll grow in the word of God. You'll grow in wisdom. You'll fail 10,000 times along the way. You'll fall all the time, make mistakes, but you'll learn from them because wisdom will stay with you. Wisdom will never leave you and wisdom will never forsake you. Everything else will leave you. Everything else will forsake you. These Pharisees pretend like they care about you and they correct their doctrine. They could care less about you. They only care about the religious demon riding your head to control you because they are the sons and daughters of demons and not God the Father and the Holy Ghost. You will know them by their fruit. Where's the love? Where's the joy? <laughs> Where's the joy of the drunken glory? Where's the wine of the new covenant? Lord, restore the joy of my salvation, the psalmist proclaims. Why? So people can see the cup of Calvary. Anyone who's not drinking his blood, Jesus Christ said, has no share in the kingdom of heaven with me. John 6. And after that, he said, many could no longer walk with him. Why? Because it was a changing of the bloodlines. Demons only live off of your human blood. That's why most of you are demon-possessed, because you've given them your blood, and your bloodlines have belonged to demons, principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, and spiritual wickedness for thousands of years. And now you're saying you're going to leave the demons and start serving God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ in real Christianity and be a part of His tree of life, His family tree? 
and of the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, and you're going to repent of mommy and daddy, Jesus Christ said you have to hate your mom and dad in order to follow me and be my disciple. What does that mean? Hate their bloodlines. Mother and father, it means bloodlines, genealogy. You have to hate your genealogy in order to be a disciple. That's not optional. That's the only way God has ever produced a single real Christian in the world. Because if you're not of his blood, you're not even of his word. You're not even in the new covenant. You're still old covenant. You're just religious demons. Hallelujah. So let's drink his blood. Let's change our generations. And let's hate our mother and father. In Jesus' mighty name. I love you guys so much. Be encouraged by the word of God. Let wisdom stir up in your bellies. I bless your spiritual stomachs with prophetic anointing for a thousandfold increase of sapphire stones to come out of your spiritual wombs, birthing and travailing the path of life from Sinai of the flesh to Zion of the Holy Ghost, where Jesus' flesh is already waiting for you in the promised land. Amen. If this ministry blesses you, support it. Give a financial offering. Don't withhold finances if you're receiving treasures. Sow into the treasures. Value the word of God more than the idolatry of the natural realm. Financial giving is prescribed in every book of the New Testament. Jesus said he sat at the temple and watched what they gave. And what they gave revealed their hearts. This woman gave everything in her heart. And it was credited to her as righteousness forever. Mary of Bethany gave everything in her heart. And what she has done will be preached around the world, Jesus Christ said. It was all financial giving that testified of the gospel. Give generously from your heart. God loves cheerful givers. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen.
Thank you.